98K News. One o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, dissident mainland author Ma Jian hails what he calls the failure of self-censorship after he's allowed to go ahead with two talks in the SAR. Chief Executive sidesteps questions over the future of Chief Minister. Uh, US Secretary of State denies that Washington is pursuing a new Cold War with China. And President Trump renews criticism of Europe as an ally as he arrives to commemorate the end of World War I. Mainland author Ma Jian says he now believes Tai Kun's initial refusal to host scheduled events for him is a case of self-censorship and the Hong Kong government probably wasn't involved because he had no problems with immigration. Tai Kun initially said it didn't want to give the critic of Beijing a political platform before abruptly changing its mind last night. Mr Ma told a press conference he was disappointed by the art centre's refusal and by what he described as the SAR's shrinking freedoms. But he hailed what he called the failure of self-censorship when the centre changed its mind. I felt very disappointed when I come down the plane. The first thing I heard was that the second venue has cancelled the event. There is one thing I'm not disappointed about, though. This time we all feel that the incident shows the failure of self-censorship. And because of this incident, we have got a lot of media attention. And through all this attention, we have found something common among ourselves, which is we understand the importance of freedom of expression, and we understand that self-censorship could hurt us all. So that is the beginning of change. I think this signifies a good beginning. Earlier, the chief executive, Carrie Lam, denied any involvement in the controversy. Speaking before her departure for a three-day visit to the mainland, Mrs Lam said she only learned of the incident through the media. Mrs Lam said she's happy the incident has been resolved and stressed that freedom of speech is protected under the basic law. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has dismissed suggestions that she plans to raise with President Xi Jinping the issue of replacing her top official. Singto Daily reported recently that Mrs Lam is poised to replace the Chief Secretary, Matthew Cheung, as part of her restructure of her administration. Speaking ahead of her departure for a three-day visit to the mainland, Mrs Lam brushed aside suggestions that she would discuss the matter with the President during the visit, saying that she would have no chance to meet with the President alone. High-level talks between U.S. and Chinese defense officials have ended inconclusively with the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo denying that Washington is pursuing a new Cold War with China, but expressing concern over human rights on the mainland. Senior Communist Party official Yang Yechi responded by saying that China allows freedom of religion and criticizing the United States for what he called its own militarization of the South China Sea. Both sides discussed a mechanism to help defuse tensions between their militaries in the South China Sea area during high-level talks in Washington. The BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher reports. The Secretary of Defense James Mattis said the U.S. was committed to finalizing a framework with China for preventing crises between their militaries. Their warships are reported to have nearly collided in the disputed South China Sea recently, and Mr. Mattis urged Beijing to operate its vessels safely and professionally. His Chinese counterpart also stressed the importance of stable military relations, but rebuked the U.S. for sending its ships and planes close to islands claimed by China. Both sides spoke about the need for cooperation and said they were preparing for a forthcoming summit between their presidents. But they also aired differences on numerous issues, including trade and China's crackdown on its Muslim minority. 
President Trump has arrived in France to take part in events commemorating the end of World War I, but has made his presence felt with a tweet rebuking the country's president, Emmanuel Macron. The BBC's Hugh Schofield has more. With his customary exquisite timing, Donald Trump released the tweet just as he arrived in France as the guest of Emmanuel Macron, with whom he's to have private talks in the morning. President Macron has just suggested, reads the tweet, that Europe build its own military in order to protect itself from the US, China and Russia. Very insulting, President Trump goes on, but perhaps Europe should pay first its fair share of NATO, which the US subsidises greatly. It's a reference to remarks by Emmanuel Macron earlier this week in which he said that Europe should have a true army of its own in order to protect ourselves with respect to China, Russia and even the United States. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Sri Lanka's president, Maithrapala Sirisena, has sacked parliament and announced a snap election in an apparent attempt to avoid a damaging parliamentary vote next week. The election will take place on the 5th of January. It's the latest twist in a deepening political drama, as the BBC's Jill McGivering explains. Sri Lanka is in political crisis. Last month, President Sirisena said he was dismissing the Prime Minister, Ranil Wickremesinghe, after their tenuous alliance collapsed. He wanted to replace him with the former President, Mahinda Rajapaksa. But Mr Wickremesinghe refused to go, saying the move was unconstitutional. The President suspended Parliament and has since scrambled to get enough support to win a parliamentary vote expected next week. He couldn't get the numbers and has now sacked Parliament altogether to avoid defeat. The main international price of crude oil has fallen below $70 a barrel for the first time since April. Brent crude, a type produced in the North Sea, has fallen by 20% in the last month. The BBC's Andrew Walker reports. The view of the market among oil traders has changed rapidly. They had thought that renewed sanctions on Iran's oil would reduce supplies and push prices higher. But it's become increasingly apparent that raised output from Saudi Arabia and shale oil producers in the United States is making up for any shortfall. There are signs that the exporters group OPEC, which includes Saudi Arabia, is becoming concerned and may consider action, a cut in production to stabilise prices. It could be discussed at a meeting of oil ministers in Abu Dhabi this week end, though no decision is likely at this stage. Livestock farmers in Europe are being offered a financial incentive to make them think twice about shooting the wild predators targeting their animals. The European Union is going to compensate people for their losses caused by wolves and bears, and also to meet the cost of things like electric fences and guard dogs. The BBC's Adam Pastorniki has more. The success of conservation efforts across Europe have put wild predators like bears, lynxes and wolves into closer contact with humans. There are now thought to be 17,000 brown bears across 22 European countries and wolves regularly cross between Germany and the Netherlands. The animals are legally protected in many countries, but that doesn't stop some farmers reaching for their rifles. France has introduced a five-year national plan to compensate livestock owners for their losses. Pascal Boyer is deputy for the Haute Alps region in the southeast of the country, which 
which has around 150 wolves. We defend both sides. We are not here to totally eradicate the wolf. We want to have a balance between allowing the wolves to be there and having acceptable conditions for the breeders of the sheep. The plan is quite expensive, 20% for the breeders and 80% for the state at a cost of 21 million euros a year. As well as direct compensation for animals killed by the predators, the EU has agreed to meet the cost of guard dogs and their vets' bills as well as deterrent hardware like electric fences. It's in the hope fewer of the protected predators are killed by farmers and animal welfare campaigners have welcomed the move. Sport now, and it's time to look ahead to the weekend's Premier League action with the BBC's Rob Schofield. The Manchester derby will steal all the headlines in the Premier League this weekend with Pep Guardiola's side nine points clear of seventh-placed United. On paper, it's a mismatch, but Jose Mourinho has instilled some newfound resilience in his players, which has seen them come from behind to win three of the last six matches. The 2-1 victory in Turin over Juventus was arguably United's best away European result for a decade, but three points at the Etihad over the champions and most fierce rivals four days later certainly would send shockwaves across the continent. With the Manchester clubs looking to take points off each other, the weekend offers a rare opportunity for the other big clubs to make up some ground. Liverpool host bottom side Fulham, whose manager Slavista Jokanovic is under serious pressure, with his side conceding 29 goals already this season. Chelsea's unbeaten record is under far more threat against inform Everton. With the North London derby at the beginning of December, Tottenham and Arsenal are looking to move further clear of Manchester United. Spurs are away to Crystal Palace, who are finding goals difficult to come by, while Arsenal play Wolves, who've lost their last three. At the bottom, Huddersfield, the only side yet to win, play West Ham, while fellow relegation Strugglers Cardiff face Brighton. Newcastle moved a point above the drop zone last weekend but face a difficult task against the season's overachievers so far, Eddie Howe's Bournemouth. Those are the games to look forward to. This is Rob Schofield at BBC Global Sport. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Dissident mainland author Ma Jien hails what he calls the failure of self-censorship after he's allowed to go ahead with two talks in the SAR. Chief Executive sidesteps questions over the future of her chief minister. The US Secretary of State denies that Washington is pursuing a new Cold War with China and President Trump renews criticism of Europe as an ally as he arrives to commemorate the end of World War I. The news from RTHK. 5, 6, 7 a.m. Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes of interest. First, our featured album from Fusion Priestess, classically trained flautist, percussionist, singer-songwriter La Dame Blanche, and a selection of hot new hits from a surprising number of places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with our first musical theme, our featured album from La Dame Blanche from Cuba, stage name for Yaite Ramos Rodriguez. There's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek uh, choice of her stage name there. Of course, La Dame Blanche, the French words for the white lady. She herself is an Afro-Cuban singer, flautist, classically trained flautist and percussionist, and the daughter of a rather famous musician. <laughs> 
This is her latest and third album called Bajo el Mismo Cielo, Under the Same Sky. And she starts off, we listen to the first track, where she says, I light a cigar before each of my concerts. It's part of traditional ceremonies in Santeria. That's the Cuban version of voodoo. He, she says, we light a good cigar before each spiritual moment, drink a glass of rum, then the ceremony can begin. So here she is with una copa llena, a full cup. <laughs> 